Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty. On Licking Non-Vanilla, with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. Hey everybody, welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla. Uh, this is a little depository here. So maybe a suppository sometimes, Chris, of, uh, of some wackiness and some writing and some erotica and, uh, and personalities. We have, a, we have a great guest tonight. Uh, first of all, my name is Ralph Greco. I'm the host here on the East Coast with the most. And over there is uh, M. Christian. Hello, Chris. How you doing? Chris is in Oregon. And how you doing, Chris? Yeah, you know, we have a, we're having a little stuttering here today, but we're going we're gonna to get through. And our guest is Mistress Marley. Hello, Mistress Marley. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. We're very happy to see you and meet you. Um, actually, I've seen a lot about you. I don't know. I guess um, through a couple magazines and a couple of things that Erica sent over. And uh, so we're, we're well aware of your, uh, your fin dom <laughs> and... Uh, all that great stuff you've been doing, the, uh, opening a, a... Well, let's, you know what, let's go, Chris, we want to get back, before we get into, into this, we just want to learn a little bit about your background, because I know you came from the fashion buying industry. That was something you did way, way before you were doing what you're doing now, right? Yeah, so um, I've been living in New York now for five years. I moved here from the South, from North Carolina. Oh, so okay. I came, I came here for grad school, went to grad school for fashion marketing, and I started working in corporate fashion, nine to five. Very boring, very cut and dry, same, <laughs> same day everything. Um, and then I found my way into Fendom through a Google search, and it was even to the point where it was even to the point where I was doing Fendom at my nine to five job. So I would on my lunch break like work in dungeons or have sessions. On my lunch break. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Before I fully transitioned out, I was like doing it secretly while on the job. That's cool. Well, why don't you tell everybody? what FinDom is. We know what it is, but okay. some of our listeners may not know what it is. So why don't you describe, because that's a very specific uh, part of uh, part of the domination field. So why don't you yeah. let, let us, give us a little insight on what that is exactly. Um, so FinDom is short for financial domination. So it's a psychological kink that involves the submissive party giving their money to the dominant party just for existing, um, and usually in its exchange for humiliation. So sometimes they like to be humiliated, um, sometimes they don't want anything at all, so they might just send you money, that's it. They don't need you to respond to them, send them anything. Sometimes they want to get on Skype and have you humiliate them and make them do like crazy things on Skype and tell them right. how money, tell them how their money is yours and they can't I spend this certain amount. So like I even have clients to where they'll go out on a night on the town and I'm like, you can only spend $20 with your friends, the rest belongs to me. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's mostly psychological and involves a lot of humiliation. So. Chris, would, would would we? I mean, I, I don't know, Marley, Mr. Smalley, you're you're you seem to be a relatively younger lady than Chris and I are, quite younger. <laughs> so, um, so in the kink field, yeah. What what do I apply? But in the in the kink field, is is that FinDom and something that's always been around, or has it been in a different kind of way that it was expressed years ago? Do you think? 
So, Fendom became more popular in the last couple of years. Um, it's really, people have known more about traditional Femdom, just the female-led relationships where you take the subs to dungeons and you whip them and you do all those types of things, yeah. which I still do that within my work. But um, Fendom is something that, it's a little bit newer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe like there are men that give their money away, but they don't like to be told that they're fin subs or pay pigs. Like they don't mm-hmm. want the title. They just want to say they're spoiling a woman just for being who she is, just for being okay. able to my online or whatever. Um, right. Different people call it different things. I call it fin dom, financial domination. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on like what the person's comfortable with calling it. Okay. So, Chris, you've seen this in the past. I mean, Chris goes, Chris goes back in the King community in San Francisco specifically. Um, but so, Chris, you've seen this kind of thing in the past, but it was probably not called this, right? As far as you know? Did we, did we lose you, Chris? We may have lost. Okay. Okay. Chris, do we have you now? Okay. Okay. So, let me ask you then, Mrs. Marley, which is you and me at the moment then. Okay. So, do you think... Although it's something, it's kind of newer, but it's kind of been around in in, in the past. But mm-hmm. do you, do you think there's a there's a reason culturally why it's popular now? Findom is popular like within the last couple of years or five years or whatever. Is there something in the culture yeah. that you think speaks to it? Uh, I think social media has a big part to do with it. Okay. Um, because you know, like back in the day, like finding a domination pretty much, you know, you might have to call a phone number or know somebody right. or know somebody. Now subs can get on social media and have access to like doms right away from our content to our pricing to like where mm-hmm. they can book us and stuff like that. Um, and I think Fendom became more popular in pop culture. For instance, there's a show called Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So in, in season one, one of the characters in high school, her name is Kat. If you watch season right. one, she was a financial uh, dom in one of the episodes. Okay. That exposed it. That exposed it to a whole new audience that wouldn't have ever been exposed to it before. Like people were watching. I'm sure. People are like, "What is she doing? She's humiliating this man and getting money." And then they realized, "Oh, that's real. That wasn't just for a show." People actually. I see. Yeah, I'm sure it became. I'm sure that that gave wildfire popularity to it because that show was very popular. And yeah, um, and even as a even as a watching that, I remember I'm just chilling watching the episode and it came up. I literally hopped up like in my bed and was like. I was like, I do that. I right. do that. That's, that's what I do. Yeah, that's right. cool. That's real cool. Yeah. That's yeah. really neat. So, yeah. but recently you did open uh, a new space in Brooklyn, right? Was it Brooklyn? Yeah. Whips? Yeah. And it's called Whips, right? Whips Vengeance. Right. But you opened that with a, with a couple of the doms, right? Yeah. Some other ladies? Yeah. Okay. So let's speak to that. Like, was that something that was always on your mind? I have to open a dungeon sooner or later? Or... Did that just come about? How did that just come about? It wasn't something that was always on my mind, but once the pandemic hit, it became more of a thought because a lot of dungeons started shutting down. In, right, um, right. And, and there's two dungeons that I used to go to to work in that shut down, so I was stuck mm-hmm. with a dungeon that I like, you know, because it's when you go to a dungeon, you want to trust the space, you want to trust the owners, you want to trust that you're safe there while you're doing your sessions. So Makes I have sense. Two I have two dungeons that I mostly go to shut down now because of the pandemic, whether they couldn't keep up with costs or because, you know, a lot of people stop seeing in-person clients. Right. So if no one's seeing in-person clients, your dungeon's not going to run. No one's no kidding. So no when kidding. I lost that, I was like, I told my, my dom, I called my dom sisters. I was like, we need to open a space because what's going to happen when there's no more spaces, you know? Yeah. 
No shit, right. And we need to create a space where not only are we renting for sessions, but we're having kinky parties there and workshops and mm-hmm. people, can rent right. us out for, people can rent us out for their own play parties and stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. we wanted just a space that could do all of that all in one. So how did, the you know, you, you mentioned COVID. So how did, for want of a better term, uh, eat the transition or ease up over the over the time. What what did you could you when when you opened the dungeon? It was not. It was kind of you're still in the middle of COVID, right? I mean, we're still in the middle of things at that point, right? Well, we we opened March this year. Oh, okay, all right, okay. There you go. All right, March. So as soon as we opened, we had. I remember we had our opening party, and it was supposed to just be a like a tour of the dungeon, and it turned into a whole kinky party. Next thing I know, we're all whooping ass in there, and I'm like, "Ooh, great way to bring in the dungeon." No kidding. Um, we wrote about yeah, so that on Xbiz, actually. I yeah, Erica gave me the PR. I wrote about it on Xbiz. Yeah, okay. So that's yeah. great. I'm glad to hear the party went well. <laughs> Yeah, so as soon as we opened it, like, I mean, Dom's came in hot. What's your rental rates? I have a sub that needs a session next week. I need a space. So, like, it's it got crazy. And I'm like, oh, so mm-hmm. this was needed. Especially in Brooklyn, there's not a lot of dungeons in Brooklyn, if any. There's probably okay. one other one. There's probably one other one I know about that's public. Because, you know, some people might operate privately. Yes. But there's not a lot of dungeons in Brooklyn. And a lot of the Doms, they get tired of having to travel to Midtown or Manhattan in the middle of the day to try to find something. Right. You know? Right. So, so did you find that? Be, be, not just location, but be, because there was other other places that had closed during the pandemic. It, yeah. are, are they coming back, or like did some just say forget it? We're just going to stay closed. Some just said forget it because honestly, it's hard to rebuild once you um, you know shut down like that. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure. Especially in, a, in an environment where you have like you're a special category of a place. So Dom's need to rent you out, and say if you've been shut down for a while, Dom's have already been at other places now. They might not need to no come kidding. To you yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Let me just give a little uh, ID here. We're, you're listening to Licking Non Vanilla with me, your host, Ralph Greco. One of your hosts, or the other hosts, we've lost, but we're going ahead. And that's Mistress Marley over there. We're talking to her. She's a Fin Dom, and she's also a Dom Dom. So you can come and see her in person, right? Um, is there anything you're doing in Fin Dom that you won't do in person and vice versa? Hmm. I would say not really. Okay. I feel like a lot of a lot of stuff in FinDom can translate to being a pro dom. So I can humiliate someone in person. I could take someone's money in person. They bring it mm-hmm. to me. I can take it in person. Yeah. Um, I can tell someone to put on a woman's outfit and model for me in person. Like yeah. there's so many different things. So I think it all translates over. But being a FinDom helped me transition into being a pro dom because I was online only at first. Okay. Yeah, because I was nervous about meeting people in person. I still had a lot to learn. So the yeah, okay, that makes sense. And Dom gave me my dominant voice. They taught me how to be dominant over the internet first. Get the verbiage up. Like know how. That's to really it. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that's real. I was I was wondering how one fed the other, but that's very interesting. So, yeah. no, but you really you really got your your sea legs, for, for, yeah. so, so to speak, yeah. with Findom, and yeah. understood what you want and wh- where you wanted to be in your head. And then, well, interesting, very interesting. Through Fendom, I learned so many different kinks from subs. You know, subs would come to me and say, hey, goddess, can you do this to me? And I would search it up and be like, I can do that to you. And I'm going to learn more about how to do it, you know? So, and and just coming into ProDom, it just transitioned beautifully. Yeah. So then let's extrapolate from there then. Is there stuff that you would do and have done in Fendom that you say, absolutely, I will not do in person and vice versa? Um, 
There's some subs that like to talk about like blackmail kinks online, just talk about it like a fantasy. I don't think I could ever make it come true in real life. I'm just not into getting into the whole thing about blackmail. Like you truly have some subs that even want you to kidnap them, like really kidnap them. Yeah. Um, that to me isn't my thing. There's even some subs that talk about wanting to be castrated. I don't know how far right. that goes. Um, right. But I can talk about it as a fantasy all day. I could type about it and I'm going to do this. Yeah. Just type about it. But to really do it in real life, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen some of the, the some of that stuff online. Yeah. We, I worked with somebody once, and but she did like a, a, a whole, the whole scenario fake didn't happen, but it was yeah. a whole, but it was it was pretty intense, you know, yeah, yeah. and I, I, it's kind of an interesting kind of thing, you know, I just, but I, I, so how, if you were to like to look at the percentage of what you do in any given week, what is the percentage that you're still doing FinDom and what's the percentage that you're seeing clients? I want to say it's 70% FinDom and 30% seeing clients in person. Okay. Um, it definitely went up more ever since I got my own dungeon because now I don't have to worry about calling to see if this room is available at this time. Yeah. I could just pop up as my space like i can pop up whenever right so um i've really been doing more sessions like more since my dungeon opened up okay yeah and what what because when i was reading the press on the dungeon and i like again i i've read about it before mm -hmm. because when you had the soft opening and all that stuff so i, I knew you guys were which is not just a dungeon Mm -mm. You're doing other things at the dungeon, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the other things that happen at the dungeon. So we're throwing play parties there. We've had like kinky game nights. We've had CFNM parties, which is closed female, naked male parties. Um, right. We even now have a Dom Academy. So we're teaching 12 newer Doms how to get into the business and the industry. So cool. School, so we open up a whole school. We've even right. had other people like, um, so on Saturday, we had somebody come there and shoot a horror film. Completely non- Really? Completely Oh, non that's yeah that's so cool that's so cool so we have people from the outside even renting us out for like parties um someone mm -hmm. had a bachelor party there with strippers so like mm -hmm. it's a space for people to feel like they can rent without having to worry about all the rules of other vanilla spaces yeah you know it's funny you say that because i don't know if you've ever been to the armory in uh in san francisco where kink is actually chris and i actually were were in a convention and went to a party there and that's that's a huge space but like you're saying it's a space that's rented out for other things yeah because it has that vibe you know that's you know you know the whole vibe there and i know it's been used for movies like you're saying video horror shoots you know all that kind of cool stuff so i think you're right i think and you own the space so you could say well we Bring in whoever you want to bring in, you know? Right, you can bring um, whoever you want to bring in. You can have loud music. Like, you know, with these vanilla spaces, you have to worry about every little thing. So we give right. that option to people. So, so yeah, so, so let's talk about that then, because I just read something about a space that closed in the city that was a male sex party space. Oh, really? And he was closed because of zoning. Um, and he didn't. He really didn't actually get the permits he should have gotten, and that's where he got into trouble. But he also was making a lot of loud noise in the middle of the night. People were complaining, you know, that kind of stuff. So it kind of led to it. So mm -hmm. when you open up a dungeon, or you're thinking of opening up a dungeon, mm -hmm. what are the, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of permits and things you have to go through, but like, yeah. like talk, walk us through that process a little bit. You know, you guys found the space, or you thought about it, and you thought, oh, we got to go, we got to go to Brooklyn. I mean, what, what, what was the process that went on? So the Dama opened the space with Goddess Brew. It's actually her family home that her dad gave to her. Wow. So we got even more of an advantage. We own the space. We don't rent from like any of that. We don't have to worry about 
um, it being like a commercial space or anything. It's basically yeah. it's basically a three-story three family home that we turned into a dungeon. Wow. So we got cool. we got lucky to be able to just have because her dad back in the day used to you know deal with the industry and stuff like that. So when he oh, heard yeah. that we wanted to open a space, I mean he did a lot of the handiwork in there for us. He built our St. Andrew's Cross. Um, wow. So he did a lot of stuff. So yeah, that's a cool story. That's just, that that alone is a very cool story, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's a big, it's a nice big house in Brooklyn. Then. Yeah. Well, because that's that's hard to find too. I mean, yeah. just to you know, just do what and expensive as hell. You know, if you're going to buy a space like that, it's just yeah. you know, I mean, it's just yeah. pejorative. You couldn't even afford it. It was a it was an older building, but we renovated it from like the ground up. Like everything that you see in the dungeon, we did with our hands, from painting mm -hmm. to everything. So we really wanted to make it our own. Mm -hmm. And how long did it take you? From inception, like you, you get in this space, how long did it take? I want to say we started November and had our opening March. Man, you guys worked your asses off, huh? Oh, we were we were in there almost every day of the week. We would take <laughs> I mean, we would take weekends off, but we were there almost every day of the week, all day. Oh man! Yeah. So tell tell us the other ladies that are involved in in if you can if you, it's okay tell yeah. us who the, the ladies so, are. Um, the names are Goddess Rue and Goddess Bria. I met both of them through my Fendom journey. So when I was first starting out mm -hmm. in Fendom, I had a booth at the Sex Expo in Brooklyn. Um, in, okay. in, in 2019 and um, Goddess Bria came up to the booth she was like I follow you on social media we're friends on social media this is my friend Rue she runs a sex toy business but she's trying to become a dom so at that time we were mm -hmm. all in the beginning of our journeys and then okay. we not only grew like working together as doms we grew as just best friends so we hang out together mm -hmm. regular like even non-kink related we'll go traveling with each other we'll go to parties we'll go out to eat like those are truly mm -hmm. like my sisters oh wow huh? yeah. that's great yeah you know because you get you could be friends with somebody, but not necessarily be able to work with them too. Right, you know that exactly. that could that could be funky too, right? You get like you love somebody, but you start working with them, like I don't, I hate right. this person. Oh my gosh! And we still have our moments. We still have our moments sometimes where we're like, oh my god, just yeah. shut up. But like for the most part, it's, it's it's great to be able to build a space together, like and be able to say my coworkers are also my best friends, like you know. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So what? Tell us what the future is. I'm going to ask you. About future for you and then ask if, let's talk about the, the space the dungeon because we are talking a lot about that what what do you see in the future for it even for the next couple months or you know new year or whatever i say just keep continuing the academy having like a new semester every season or whatever like spring fall semester. Okay. um definitely having people rent us out more for even vanilla like events or whatever like we're just open to that um Collaborating with more people too. Like I wouldn't mind getting together with another dungeon and we do something together. You know, um, really mm -hmm. building more. Maybe eventually opening another space in another state. Maybe going down south, like Atlanta. Um, there's a great dungeon in okay. there's a great dungeon in Atlanta that just shut down and it's so sad. Well, they're shutting down in October, and it's so sad because the people that mm -hmm. the people that bought their building are vanilla, so they're they're taking it away from even being a dungeon and just right, not even close yeah, to it. So yeah, just opening spaces in other cities. And, you know, it's funny you say that about the cities, you know, because I'm an East Coast yeah. person, so I've only ever lived here. I've been around a little bit, but there does seem to be differences in cities, certainly in European yeah. cities, you know, to right. the kink scene. You know, what, what, what do you think the advantages of being in the East on the East Coast, you know, the, the New York kink scene? If you could say, like, there's there's one thing that that's got better than anywhere else, if it does um, have anything. Any day of the week, I can go to a kinky party or event. Like any day of the week on FetLife or whatever. Like 
I'll have people hit me up on my social media like, do you know of any dungeons in, in Georgia? Do you know any of the dungeons in North Carolina? And I can't tell them anything. But here in New York, I can I can mm. recommend so many spaces and so many parties. You know? That's the advantage. Right. And truly being here in New York, I make so much money being a dom. There's kinky, kinky people all over this right. place. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, New Yorkers are pretty kinky lot of people. That's true. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that other than San Francisco, to tell you the truth. There may be Berlin and London, but I would say, yeah, this is this is pretty this is pretty hot as far as yeah. kink goes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So let, let, lastly, let's talk about your future specifically. What's happening with Mistress Marley? What what are you setting your sights on? What what are you thinking about? What 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 may be so, happening? Uh, I have a lingerie think? line called Pink Matrix, and for that's right. I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Okay, really let's talk just, about that. Because I just started that in December, so I'm not a year old yet, but it's really just seeing where I can go with that. I'm doing a fashion show for it in London in October for Femdom Ball. Yeah, so there's a oh, dominatrix cool. ball October 1st in London. All doms from all over the world come, and it's like a legit affair. Like, you wear gowns and all that. So I'm doing a yeah. um, fashion show there. So really just, I'm trying to go back to my fashion roots, but making it work for me. And how it makes sense what I'm doing, yeah. So makes sense. just really growing in that, teaching more, collaborating more, um, traveling more, seeing mm -hmm. how more like kinky people are in other spaces, and really just growing as a person. You know, like I really love being a dominatrix. Mm -hmm. I meet so many interesting clients. Like I've met clients that are now friends that have become mm -hmm. friends. Like they're still a sub, and I need them to be a sub. But they're mm -hmm. also a friend if I need them to have a friend. Um, right. Just meeting so many interesting people, and my day. None of my days are the same, and that's what I like. I wake up. I might wake right. up today and just that's have a great. Wants to worship my feet, and then tomorrow I have somebody that wants to be castrated. You know, it's like you just never know. Right. The fun. You're running the gambit, as they say. Yeah. No. Okay. So <laughs> that's funny. So let's tell people where they can find you with all the different places and 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 about the lingerie. Um, the clothing thing too. So let's tell everybody. You 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 tell us. I'll put it up on the blog when your your, your show goes up, your episode goes up. But let's tell everybody right out of your mouth. I want you to tell everybody. Um, Marley Mistress was that that's M A R L E E Mistress. Um, I've been through ten accounts with Instagram. So let's hope this is the last one because if not, I'm literally gonna be over it. Okay. Um, my Twitter is Eyes X on Fire. So E Y E S X on O N Fire. Um, or you can just search Mistress Marley up there and I'll pop up. Um, I also teach on my Patreon, so patreon.com slash sex academy. All of this stuff, if you go on my Instagram, is in the link in my bio. It's a one option. And then Pink Matrix okay. is my lingerie line. So okay. I created Pink Matrix for sex workers as priority. 10% um, of whatever sale I make, I donate to a sex worker foundation, organization, or whatever. Um, the reason why I created Pink That's Matrix great. is because I feel like we wear the most lingerie, but a lot of these lingerie brands leave us out of their campaigns. They don't put sex workers in their campaigns. They don't talk about it, but we're the highest consumer. That's very true. We wear it in our work and our content, so we need it the most. Um, so that's what that line is all mm -hmm. about. And I have sizes from extra small to 5XL, so I cover everybody's height. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's where you That's go. great. That's great. <laughs> wow. Wow, you got a lot going on. You really do. But that's good. That's it's good to be busy, right? It's good to be yeah, doing the thing you love. So you what love what could be better, right? Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. And take that that's yeah. a, that's the morsel we should all take and live on that one, you know. That's that's for sure. Well, Mistress Marley, I can't
can't thank you enough. I'm, sure, I'm sorry we lost Chris, but we've been having a little te- difficulty across the country there. But we, we know you. this thank has been you, wonderful. I, I really can't thank you enough. And uh, we're going to get everything up and running. And when the episode's up, we'll let you know and let, let PR know and all that stuff. We'll get it all going. But uh, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Mr. Smarley. It's wonderful to, to meet you. Yes, and uh, just best of luck out there. And, <laughs> you know, keep taking everybody's money. <laughs> You too. Okay. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. And visit us on the web at www.lickingnonvanilla.com.